With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings Tennis Fans. The DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to get in on the action. And if you use our promo code AOD with the DraftKings Sportsbook when you place your first bet, all you have to do is make it a $1 bet. And with that $1 wager, you'll get $100 in free bets. Plenty of pocket change to play around with throughout the course of the fortnight. That is the U.S. Open. Again, we are so grateful to have DraftKings back on board with us here at Cracked Rackets. If you plan on getting in on the action, turn to the DraftKings Sportsbook and again, use that promo code AOD to let them know we sent you there. With that said, day three of the 2022 U.S. Open on the horizon. We have 32 singles matches. It's crazy that that feels like things are slowing down yet after the chaos. That was the first two days. Not only did we have 128 singles matches, we had so many upsets through the first round of play. Something to keep in mind as we look at this board moving forward, but certainly with only 32 matches on the day, it does feel like it is slightly more reasonable to try to maneuver all of the action. With that said, I got to step up my game here on this segment. You look at where we're at through two days, three, four, and one down 1.48 units overall. Had a tough day number two. We're one, three, one, and one as of the recording of this podcast. We did get a win from Alexandra Sasnovich. Shout out to Trusting My Eyes, what I saw from her level in Cleveland, the matchup she had on day number two. New coach Yoretta wouldn't be able to hurt her. That was the case. Sasnovich covers that three and a half game spread. Carolina Pliskova should have covered her spread. I mean, served for the match up 6-5 and then third was up 30 love, but couldn't find a first serve. Now she managed to survive and win that match 7-6 in the third and she won by three games, not the four games we needed to cover her three and a half game spread. That's a tough beat for us here on this podcast. Nevertheless, a loss is a loss. I did have a couple of whiffs. Mackie McDonald, who was up a set and a break, had his chances to take advantage of his matchup against Jao Sosa. It was a third set breaker. Goes the way of Sosa. Mackey wasn't able to recover in the fourth. Got that wrong. Got Para Kalanina wrong. Kalanina was the more solid of the two players. Credit to her. She beats Bernardo Para not only overall, but beats her in straight sets as well. So tough loss there. Good win from Brandon Nakashima, but didn't matter as he was the other leg of that Bernardo Para parlay. Nevertheless, Jack Sock, underdog, still to play. Night match against Diego Schwartzman. Hopefully that goes our way and makes our numbers look a little bit better. But again, through two days, we are now 3-4-1, and one, down 1.48 units overall. Nevertheless, glass half full 
always on this show. And as always, what I want to do here on this Ace of the Day segment is offer my picks for day number three. I have three Aces of the Day for all of you listeners today. But as always, I want to run through all of the board of matches, talk about the spreads, the overs, the parlays and money lines that caught my interest, and then more broadly go over the day's matches. With that said, let's get into our aces. And again, I wanted to restructure this podcast at the start of this U.S. Open, so I'm going to start with my ace of the day selections, and then we will go through the rest of the day's men's and women's singles action. Let's start with our two single match picks. And ace of the day number one is going to be a player who hasn't had the best 2022 season. Nevertheless, I just really like her matchup on day number three of the U.S. Open. Of course, I'm referring to Barbara Krachikova, the number 23 seed taking on Alexandra Krunic. You look for Krachikova, a 6-love, 6-4 victory over Fernanda Contreras, the former Vanderbilt standout in round number one. But Contreras really couldn't hurt Krachikova. And Krachikova landed over 60% of her first serve. She was broken, I believe, just once throughout the course of the match and just was in control, in command, had the opportunity to work her way into the match, not only from a physical standpoint, but from a rhythm standpoint as well. And while that second set tightened, that's because Contreras' level significantly rose in set number two. She played a very bad set number one, and yet Krachikova was able to remain steady, and if you don't have a weapon to overwhelm Krachikova with right now, I think she's playing good enough tennis that she will be okay and she will be able to beat you. And I know it wasn't the best North American hardcore summer. First round loss to Pliskova in Canada, to Kudermatova in Cincinnati, but Pliskova made the semifinals in Canada. Kudermatova has been one of the 12 best players on the WTA season, tour this season. Certainly the points race indicate as much. I thought in Cleveland, she dominated Francesco DiLorenzo in round one, who, again, didn't have a weapon to hurt her. And then Bernardo Pera did have weapons to hurt Krachikova with. And with all due respect to Alexandra Krunic, who uh, reached the doubles final in Cleveland, and that match was on Saturday. She had to play a singles match at the U.S. Open on Monday. She ends up winning that first round match. That's extraordinarily impressive for Krunic, who, of course, 29 years old, has been ranked as high as number 39 in the world. But was number 96 entering this event. You look for Alexandra Krunic. She's 0-3 versus top 50 players on hard courts this year. 14-33 versus top 50 players in WTA hard court events for her career. Her last victory over a top 50 player on a, at a WTA hard court event was over Sasanovich in September of 2019. So obviously it's been quite a bit of time since she's had a high level victory at a hard court event. She hasn't been to the third round of a major since the 2018 U.S. Open. Certainly, this is a massive opportunity for Krunich over a Krachikova, who, you look overall, it, it hasn't been the best season. And I know, it obviously, injuries play a massive role, and you have to say that when you're looking for Barbara Krachikova, but she's 16-13 and 13 overall on the year since Coming back from injury, she suffered that injury in Doha, was out from Doha at the end of February until Roland Garros in May. You know, things she slowly steadied the ship, Toronto and Cincinnati aside, and I do think her going to Cleveland to get a couple other matches under her belt was a good thing from a rhythm standpoint, but 
in Cleveland, she really struggled with the serve. The big thing for me in round number one was she served better. And so I think Krachikova is playing well enough that she should be considered a comfortable favorite against Alexandra Krunich. And according to the money line, she is, as Krachikova is minus 300 in the match straight up to beat Krunich. Obviously, that's too much juice. You're not going to bet on Krachikova's money line as a single wager. Just the risk is too high with that sort of value. Yes, you could throw her into a money line parlay, but again, watching Alexandra Krunich, she's a player with great feel, very consistent, very quick around the court. She doesn't have a weapon to overwhelm Krachikova with. This match is on Krachikova's racket, and I think what Krachikova has struggled with, and you look at some of the losses who they've been to, players like Kudermatova and Pliskova and Para, they're players who can put Krachikova on her back foot. Alexandra Krunich just does not have that ability to put Krachikova on her back foot, and from the rhythm I saw from Krachikova in round number Number one, I think if she can sustain that level, she's going to win this match comfortably. Again, it's a minus 300 money line as a just Krachikova to win the match. If you think she's going to win the match comfortably, and I think she will, better than 6-4, 6-4, take the game spread. Krachikova minus four and a half games. She has to win 6-4, 6-3 or better. I think she's going to do that. I think there will be at least one lopsided set. And so you take that minus four and a half game spread, that minus 300 money line comes all the way down to minus 110. That, my friends, is finding value on the board. So I do think Krachikova wins comfortably. You look for her last season against players ranked outside the top 50. Krachikova, a remarkable 30-3 and overall of those 33 matches she played. Only four of them, excuse me, six of them even went three sets. I'm going to take Krachikova to win comfortably, to look more like her 2021 self against this style of opponent than she has throughout the remainder, or I should say the rest, of this 2022 season. Give me Krachikova to find her groove going into round number three. I think she covers that four and a half game spread. Again, minus 110. We fell into this trap with Pliskova today. I thought she was going to win more comfortably than she did. We were a game short. Krachikova... Is a 6-4, 6-4 win in the cards very, very possible? I think she's going to do better than that. So we're going to put 1.1 units on the minus 110 money line to win one unit in return. That, my friends, is ace of the day number one, Krachikova, minus four and a half games. Ace of the day number two, also a game spread. It's also going to be a women's second round match where I just think the seed is the better player. And in this instance, I'm referring to Ali Risk Amritage, who, of course, looked very good in a 6-2-6-4 victory over San Diego Girls 18's national champ, Elena Yu. Now, look, that's a teenager. It's true. And with the power tennis, Risk is capable of playing if you're in one of your first WTA tour-level matches of your career, as it was for Elena Yu. That power is going to be overwhelming. You're not going to be accustomed to the speed of that ball. Well, Certainly, Kami Osorio, the 20-year-old former world junior number one, or maybe she's 19, I apologize, but uh, no, she is 20 years old, uh, who earned an impressive three-set come-from-behind victory over Ann Lee in round number one. Osorio has more tour-level experience than in Elena Yu. That said, Kami Osorio has not looked 
her best throughout the course of her early career on quicker hard courts and against opponents with big weapons. You look for Kami Osorio. She's 3-7 and seven in her career against top 50 players on hard courts. She's 5-11 and 11 for her career against top 50 players. Again, Allison Risk looked very comfortable in round number one. She's also taking care of the player she's supposed to be. 27-12 and 12 against players ranked outside the top 50 over the course of the past year. Of course, Kami Osorio right now currently sitting at 70 in the WTA rankings. This is a matchup thing. Kami Osorio likes to grind. Kami Osorio's forehand has a, is a little bit more of an extreme grip, and I think that forehand is going to be overwhelmed by the pace of Ali Risk. I think that Risk forehand is going to give Kami Osorio troubles. And so when I look at this matchup, it just feels advantageous for Allison Risk. I think you look at the level of play she's had this season. She's holding serve 70.4% of the time, which is a career high for Risk. She's returning serve above her career average as well. And, you know, because she's having more success than usual behind the serve, it's allowing her to be more aggressive as a returner. You look for Kami Osorio. She wins just 43.1% of her second serve points, I think. Obviously, that number would rank outside the top 25 amongst top 50 players on the WTA Tour, and that serve is extraordinarily attackable for Allison Risk. Another big number, Kami Osorio winning just 59.8% of her first serve points. Yes, she makes a high percentage of first serves, but a powerful first serve is not something Kami Osorio possesses. And so Ali Risk Amritage is going to have plenty of opportunities to tee off from the baseline on the return of serve. And even if at times errors pile up, she's going to have the opportunity to keep swinging. I think her serve will put pressure on Kami Osorio and allow her to play from ahead and, again, maintain that aggression as a returner. And I do think this surface matters in this matchup in particular. These U.S. Open hard courts are playing faster. As such, I think that is an advantage to a player like Ali Risk, Amritaj, who keeps the ball low, flat, wants to hit through the court, has obviously had a ton of success on grass courts. But now that you're on a hard court, she's able to move that much better. I like Ali Risk to win this match. I like her to win this match in straight sets. And if you think that's the case, the minus three and a half game spread being offered on her is a comfortable wager for you. And the fact that for Ali Risk, she has to win five and five, four and four, six and three or better. And it's minus 105 odds. You're getting that pretty much even money for her to win in straight sets. That feels like an advantageous proposition to me. And so at minus 105 odds with the matchup being as it is and the core conditions being as they are, I like Ali Risk to cover that minus three and a half game spread at minus 105. We're going to put 1.05 units to win one unit in return. And again, straight set victories for two seeds. Barbara Krachikova, Ali Risk. Of course, Krachikova, you look overall, I believe, the number 22. Three seed, you look for Ali Risk, the number 29 seed. Let's get those seeds to the third round. Let's avoid the upsets. That's what I'm wagering on tomorrow. Yes, we've had upsets so far in this tournament, but give me the efficiency of Krachikova, Ali Risk, who are both aggressive players, but efficient 
attacking players. I take both of them to advance to round number three. That gets us to ace of the day number three, and this is our first parlay of the day, but it's a parlay simply to increase the odds of the wager, not because I don't feel extraordinarily confident in each of these propositions. The one I'm most confident in, Matteo Berrettini, minus five and a half games against Hugo Grenier. You look for Matteo Berrettini, 25 and 10 overall at hard court slams in his career. And yes, that includes qualifying, but if you include those qualifying results, he's 16 and 4 versus players ranked outside the top 50 in 3 out of 5 sets on hard courts. 10 and 2 against players ranked outside the top 100 as his opponent Hugo Grenier is. Uh, his last loss to an opponent ranked outside the top 100 at a hard court major was to Dennis Kudla. Obviously, that's not your typical. Dennis Kudla has predominantly been a top 100 player in his career, but Berrettini last lost out again to Dennis Kudla 2018 Australian Open qualifying. So a generation ago, that's the last time Berrettini lost to a player ranked outside the top 100 at a hard court slam. Matteo Berrettini's also reached the fourth round or further at five of the last six hard court slams. I know he struggles two out of three sets on hard courts. He has an under 500 record in tour level hard court matches, two out of three sets. Those struggles have not translated to three out of five and to have to keep up with the pace of his serve, the relentlessness of his plus one. He's obviously top five once again in hold percentage at 89.4% this season. Not quite elite of the elite in that 90% club, but sniffing on the door as always. And again, has there been a more consistent player in the early rounds of majors outside of You'd probably take, obviously, Djokovic, Nadal, one and two in whatever order you'd like. Is Berrettini more consistent at the majors, at least getting to the quarterfinals, than a Zverev, than a Medvedev, than certainly a Tsitsipas or a Rublev? It's a conversation you could have. Uh, Matteo Berrettini has been a sure thing at the early rounds of majors. And again, minus five and a half games. He's got to win in straight sets. Four, four, and four would do, but there are a lot of tie breaks in Berrettini matches. That said, he usually wins those breakers. And then there's that lopsided set where he breaks the will of his opponent. You also look at his opponent, Hugo Grenier. 7-16 versus top 100 opponents in his career. 0-1 versus the top 50. Three ATP main draw wins in total. And that includes his first round four set victory over Tomas Martin Echeverri at this year's U.S. Open. Experience advantage, Berrettini. Matchup advantage, Berrettini, it's not like Grenier's a lefty who can attack that Berrettini backhand relentlessly. Berrettini's going to have plenty of opportunities to dictate his serve, his forehand, the two biggest weapons on the court pretty definitively as they always are. And again, Matteo Berrettini beats who he's supposed to beat, and he typically does that pretty comfortably. So give me Berrettini to do exactly that, minus five and a half games over Hugo Grenier. The problem is it's like minus 190 odds, a little too much G. So we're going to parlay it with the Botik van de Sinschkulp money line. And Botik may have burned us on day one when we took his game spread, but he ultimately did deliver a five-set victory. And he's had the day off on Tuesday. I think he is a guy in extraordinary shape, 26 years old, two days older than myself. Shout out to us October 95ers. 
I think he'll be fine in bouncing back physically. And I think he has a matchup tomorrow in the lefty quarantine, Mute. How is Mute going to hurt him? And you look for Botic, who's 17-3 and against players ranked outside the top 100 over the course of the past year. Mute is currently ranked outside the top 100. He's 29-13 and is Botic against players ranked outside the top 50. If you don't have an overwhelming weapon, something to either get pace into that Botic forehand or make him uncomfortable physically and force him to constantly be on the run— He's not a guy who's going to break down and beat himself. He's not a a guy who's going to have the unforced errors pile up on him, who doesn't have a plan B, C, D to turn to if plan A isn't working. And I just don't know how Quarantine Mute is going to consistently make Botic uncomfortable. Now, Mute's been fine on hard courts in his career, 20 and 22 at the ATP level. He's 10 and 11 versus top 50 opponents in ATP hard court matches. Look, the lefty moves the ball well around the court. Obviously, being left-handed, he can get you stretched in positions you're not typically stretched in. But I like the Botic backhand far more than I like the Botic forehand. And Botic 26 and 18 against lefties in his career. I don't, you know, he moves well enough that the angles, the drop shots, Mute, the slices he likes to hit, Botic will be more than comfortable adapting and playing off of them. I just don't know what again. I think Mute has the biggest weapons on the court, his serve, his backhand. I think he can generate angles, not quite as well in Mute, but more consistently than Mute. And I think he moves more than well enough to handle all of Mute's nonsense. So all of these advantages go to Botic. We're not even taking a game spread. We just need him to win the match. He will take the Botic money line, which is minus 215. Parlay that with the Berrettini game spread, plus 138. We have plus odds on that parlay now in two propositions I feel very comfortable about. Now, we're only going to throw half a unit on it to win 0.69. I don't want to chase parlays this early in the tournament. But again, I feel pretty good about ace of the day number three. Now, with that in mind, let's run through the rest of day three's matches because there are plenty of doozies on the board. Some of the money lines for what it's worth that did catch my eye, Ludmilla Sampson, Nova, minus 185 against Layla Fernandez. Fernandez still working her way back from injury. She's played fewer than 10 matches over the course of the past two months. And to have to deal with the pace of Ludmilla Samsonova, who's now won 11 matches in a row and won five matches in under six hours in Cleveland and just dominated everyone, did not drop a set. When you're working your way back from an injury, to have to deal with the elite pace, elite power that Samsonova presents on court... It's a tough position to find yourself in if you're Layla Fernandez. And yes, as the lefty, you know, again, typically that provides her advantages. But the Samsonova backhand, in my opinion, is the more solid of the two wings and her ability to drive that ball down the line to keep Fernandez honest. And, you know, against the Samsonova serve, which is top five on the WTA Tour this season, I think she's up to number two in hold percentage after Cleveland. I do think Samsonova is going to win that match. Minus 185 is a little too rich, but if you want to throw her in a parlay, I would lead Samsonova. That is certainly, though, a fascinating day three match. I mean, that's the second best match probably behind Beatrice Hadadmaya and Bianca Andreescu, and it's even odds. Minus 110, money line for each player. If you're going to bet on that match, take the over two and a half sets. Doesn't that match just have three sets written all over it, and at plus 140, you get plus odds. Haddad Maya won her first round match 0-0 
It happens less than 10 times every season on the Pro Tour. That said, Bianca Andreescu has weapons to make Haddad Maya uncomfortable. Andreescu's backhand can handle the forehand cross-court short angles of Beatrice Haddad Maya. Andreescu's going to be willing to go down the line, keep Haddad Maya honest. Her serve can make Haddad Maya uncomfortable, and the second serve has more pace that Haddad Maya is not going to be able to cheat up into the baseline as she does against opponents with lesser caliber second serves. How in form is Bianca Andreescu, though? She's obviously dealt with some injuries, as always, throughout the course of this year. Looked solid in a three-set win over Harmony Tan in round number one, but solid's not going to cut it against Beatrice Haddad Maya, who's been one of the five most consistent players of the 2022 season. I think that match goes three sets. I don't have a money line winner. I just think that one's going to be fun. Um, I mean, I would lean... <sighs> If Andrescu beats Haddad Maya, she can win the tournament. I'll say that because that's her upside. We've seen her win this tournament. Go back to the 2019 U.S. Open. She has that sort of confidence as well where if she can get rolling with the day off in between matches, which is so advantageous for her, I think thing, exciting things are possible. Mm, but Haddad Maya has been so steady, and, and her game, her serve on this quicker surface It'll just make Andrescu's life a nightmare. And she's going to fight. She's not going to, she's never going to quit. She will not roll over for Andrescu, which is a quality you need to have because if you roll over, Andrescu's always going to be there to take advantage. 6 3 Haddad Maya in the third would be my guess. But I mean, again, it's going to be a close one. Tommy Paul versus Sebastian Corda. I would lean Tommy Paul plus 100 to Corda's minus 120 just because of the value, but that's a stay away for me. I think that match goes the distance. Neither played particularly well in round number one. Corda serve on this surface bailed him out against Fasundo Bagnus. Tommy played extraordinarily poorly, yet he still passed a tough test physically. Five sets over Zapata Morales. Paul has been better. Coming into the U.S. Open, Paul is a good enough returner, doesn't have a discernible weakness that he's going to get those returns in play. There's nothing Sebi Corda can pick on throughout the course of the match. That said, the serve for Corda is the biggest weapon on the court. It's one of the few matches where Tommy Paul probably doesn't have the better backhand. I mean, I just think that match is extraordinarily exciting. Again, I would not bet on it. I'm certainly going to enjoy it. I'll take Tommy to win in four. I think he got the bad tennis out of his system in round number one. And I just think he can do more things to hurt Corda with. I mean, Corda's pace is the biggest weapon on the court. But I just think Tommy's going to be able to take that away from Corda at times. Move forward to put Corda under pressure. Come up with the athleticism. I hope that's a night match on Louis Armstrong. Because it's going to be really good. But I do think in the end, Tommy Paul sneaks that one out in four or five sets. You know, those are probably the highlight matches of the day. There are certainly some other good ones. I Jack Draper versus Felix. That one feels like it's four sets. Talk about plus one power tennis. Two guys comfortable moving forehands, uh, moving forward. Two guys who can lace the serve, lace the forehand. Felix's best right now is better than Jack Draper's, but who serves better? I know that sounds simple. That's the answer to that matchup. I think in terms of, again, the matches that are going to go over, you know, Sakari versus Wang Shiyu, the lefty from China, just has the weapons and Sakari's not playing well enough where you feel like she's going to win anything in straight sets. Keys versus Georgie, two power tennis players. If they both get hot, who knows what happens? You know, Dart Golfie. 
Uh, Serena Conteve, maybe just again with the crowd, the moment, Serena serve being what it is, can she manufacture a set in that match? Of course she can. If you're going to bet anything, bet the over and you'll feel good about yourself. I can't bet her to win. I just can't do it. And so that match to me is a stay away. You know, on the men's side, PCB versus Bublik, I guess, is fun. Can JJ will follow it off against the big server, the lefty Alejandro Tabilo? I think Ebing Wu versus Nuno Borges is one for the tennis nerds. So a lot of fun matches on the board on day number three. And, you know, some favorites, I think, advanced. Demon Hour should beat Green pretty comfortably. Murray should beat Nava pretty comfortably. Hatchnov over Montero. It's a big opportunity for Davidovich Fokina if he's going to knock out Marton Fucevic, who certainly he has the ability to do. He's been in better form than Fucevic this season. And, you know, again, given the seeds upset for Davidovich Fokina with Tsitsipas being knocked out of his section and I believe the other seed in his section knocked out at as well. Um, look, the draw has opened up for Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Certainly we'll see if he's going to be able, yeah, and Maxime Cressy knocked out of his section as well. He should make the third round. Him, Thompson, Galan, and uh, and Fucevic. Davidovich Fokina, this is an opportunity for him to again make another run, get himself in the top 25, position himself really well for 2023. So that's just a sneaky fun match, I suppose, to keep an eye on. But, you know, some other favorites in the parlay zone. Kudermatova should beat Zanevska. Garcia has the better weapons over Kalinskaya, but Kalinskaya is always sneaky, dangerous. Again, Key Georgie, pretty interesting as well. A lot of good tennis to be played on day three in New York. Of course, over on the Mini Break podcast, we recap each and every day's action. You can find those shows wherever you listen to your podcast by searching the Mini Break podcast or by heading over to our website. CrackRackets.com, of course, for the more immediate updates. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at CrackRackets. You want to message me directly, I am at A.L. Gruskin. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. A shout-out, as well, to our friends at DraftKings. Remember, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook to get in on the action. Use our promo code AOD. Bet $1. Get $100 in free bets. Of course, again, today's Aces of the day. Krachikova, minus four and a half games over Alexandra Krunich, minus 110, 1.1 units to win one. Ali Risk, Amritaj, minus three and a half games over Kami Osorio, minus 105, 1.05 units to win one. And then Matteo Berrettini, minus five, five and a half game game spread, plus the Botic van de Senschkop money line parlay. That's plus 138, half a unit to win 0.69. With that said, those are your day three aces of the day. We hope all of you enjoy Wednesday's action in New York. And as always, may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone.